Hey guys, and welcome back to the Bold Movement Podcast. That's not what this is. <laughs> it's been a while. Hey guys, welcome back to the Talk Bible to Me Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't even like, it didn't register. register at all. Uh, <laughs> like yeah the bold movement podcast yeah. it's been so long we don't even remember what it's <laughs> what called. is this what do we do here i don't know <laughs> um we have been gone for a hot minute because of what i like to call life um one <laughs> week yeah one week emily was sick and then the next week she was on vacation and then the next week i was out of town on a work trip and then uh, she gave me her sickness. I'm just kidding. But I <laughs> did get the internet through the interwebs. And <laughs> I, I'm still coming off this summer cold. So if you have a summer cold, expect it to last the rest of your life. So you're <laughs> 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 Don't get me laughing. Oh. Yeah, I'm like three weeks into mine and Ugh. still have congestion. This is crazy. Um, and then um, I got a new job, which Woo-hoo. I'm super excited about. And so we're trying to transition into that. Um, my <laughs> This is like the worst. Please don't make fun of me, guys. I sent my dog to training, one of my two dogs to training. And he's been gone for two weeks. And I have missed that stupid dog so much you don't realize how attached you are until they're gone and he came back today oh my gosh oh i know so is he's he a different there. dog um kinda <laughs> did it not work no it totally worked he um still has his personality his hair is like so he's a dorky which is a dachshund Yorkie mix. <laughs> and he's always looked like a dachshund, which is Aww. a wiener dog. He's yeah. always looked like a wiener dog. And I was like, well, I don't know where the Yorkie is, kiddo, but you're just, <laughs> you know, whatever. We got us a wiener dog. Well, he came back and it's like his, oh, in two weeks, I kid you not, in two weeks, he looks like a Yorkie with a very long belly. Aww. <laughs> he just got really furry. Um and he, his name's Bogey, um, Humphrey Bogart. We call him Bogey. <laughs> and then I have Lauren Bacall, who's my mini golden doodle, and she's real shaggy. So I've got these shaggy dogs that don't shed, which is great. Amazing. Um, I'm jealous. So he's, yeah. Oh, they're so, <laughs> they're so sweet. They love each other. It's great. No. So he came back today, and then my um, my husband and stepson just took a big trip for his senior year trip Aww. to philadelphia it's been like a lot has yeah. happened we we bought a car dang yeah it's fancy too um what'd you get i got a subaru forester i don't know why i, I asked you that i can't even picture what that is i have no idea I'm I don't know anything very, about cars <laughs> yeah and i'm very like nature-esque so i had to yeah. get a car that matched okay. no- I'm not. That was a joke. <laughs> um, my husband said uh, hippies drive Subarus, but there's a couple <laughs> at our church who is like the furthest thing away from hippies, and they drive one. So I use that. Like, ah. there you go. But I love hippies, so it's cool. <laughs> but we got it. We actually bought the Subaru specifically so I could put my kayak on top because there I'm not. Go. 
I'm not nature-esque, but I bought a kayak because I did it once and thought it was cool. (laughs) Fake it till you make it, you know? So I've officially been kayaking twice, and it's fantastic. (laughs) And I don't mean twice this year. I mean twice in my life. (laughs) And I I bought a kayak and a car for the kayak. That's how much I enjoyed it those two times. Uh, (laughs) my husband was sold on the Subaru because it has safety features out the wazoo um it literally has a sensor (laughs) that scans your face while you're driving so if you take your eyes off the road it will alert you to put your eyes back on the road oh my goodness See, yeah. I think I'd probably it'd be beeping at me all the time. Well, I'm a very safe driver. Oh, good. <laughs> Not really, but you will be now. <laughs> I will be now. And it has this cool thing where you hit. Let me let me sell you guys on a Subaru here, okay? <laughs> it has this cool thing where when you hit cruise, it follows the speed of the car in front of you, and it will come to a complete stop if the car in front of you is at a complete stop. What? Yeah, it's and you don't have to put your hands on the wheels. Like, it stays in the lines. So I literally can sit. It's like a Tesla, but for hippies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has heated seats and a heated steering wheel, and the back seats are heated. Okay. Hey, it's I have that. Fancy. I've got that in my minivan. Do you really? <laughs> I do. Heated okay, seats fancy. and steering wheel. And the kids' it, seats are heated, except they're in car seats, so they don't get to feel it. Bummer for them, but someday, well, maybe. <laughs> sucks to be a kid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also has this thing where when you back up, if a car's coming, the Subaru will stop it. You don't even have what? to hit your foot on the brake. It just stops itself? Stops itself. Man. Are you ready for the best part? That's not the best part? <laughs> because... It is car shortage in America, I guess. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Something about chips and stuff. I don't know. Um, A brand new Subaru was only $1,800 more than a two-year-old used Subaru. Really? Yeah. That's actually surprising if there's a shortage. You'd think it'd be more. Yeah. Well done. I just think used ones are so up there. And people aren't going to pay like ridiculous amounts of money when the MRSP or whatever. So new ones are probably staying at their kind of normal-ish price, right? But the used ones are going up because people are supply and demand. And Subarus aren't that expensive. They're pretty comparable to buying like a Honda CRV or something. Well, there you go. So... Look out, world. You got a safe driver on the road. My insurance will plummet. So and now Subaru is going to sponsor. <laughs> and this now podcast. we're from our sponsor. <laughs> now that we've sold you on a safe Subaru <laughs> and told you why we have been so behind. But we're See, back on track. This whole time, you guys thought that we were just twiddling our thumbs. But the truth is, we were reading all about the Subaru. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like very new. Like I just bought it like a day ago, like a couple oh. days ago. So, um, well, but I don't have it yet. On your, you don't have it yet. Nah, the end of uh. August, I guess. Oh dang. I don't know. Whatever. 
But I got my dog, so I'm happy. <laughs> Emily, what's new with you? I just told my whole life story. <laughs> Your whole Subaru life story. That's right. Uh, I turned 30 on Saturday. <gasps> what? It's a big deal. It is. Big celebration. 30 is the new 80. The new 80? Yeah, because I turned 30 and I cried because I felt like my life was over. <laughs> excited I'm excited to be 30 I think because my whole life I've always been like the youngest of all my friend groups mm-hmm. and so like my friends would get their license before I did they graduated and could like be they could vote they could drink all those things before I could and I was always just so mad that I was always younger uh but now it's turned around where they've all been in their 30s for a little while and I'm just now reaching my 30s and so it was like I had like a whole extra year to celebrate the last of my 20s <laughs> hey and, and now I'm ready <laughs> um I just want to throw something out there my boy like just so you realize when you turn 30 your friends are still older than you <laughs> like yeah it's the, not like you they are. <laughs> but <laughs> they're gonna be 40 before you I had yeah and I that's that's where it turns around in my favor because I get that extra time to be younger when it matters (laughs) um you get the same amount of time girl (laughs) I'm teasing I know what you mean I know it's like because they're older, you can prepare I can, that year. I can prepare myself, yes. So prepared. now I, like, I've had a, all the time in the world to be prepared to turn 30, but I'm excited. I feel like everybody says their 30s are wonderful, and yeah. the 20s were such a time of, like, they were good, but they were rough. It was just a lot of, like, re- learning because I had to learn. Because you're in your 20s. Tough life lessons, but. Yeah. I'm sure 30s will probably be the same in a lot of ways, still learning things, but when hopefully I turned, with a little more maturity. <laughs> yeah, when I turned 30, it was like instant maturity. Absolutely. I just became like really smart <laughs> and very wise. It just hit like overnight. So, You're laughing, out. but I'm being so serious. I don't know if it was like already, <laughs> if it was already there and then like, oh, the age matches, time to let her show. <laughs> Here we go. Or so you just what, wait. But Next week's podcast, I will be extra wise and extra mature. wise. <laughs> you guys won't even know how to handle all these thirty-year-olds. <laughs> I'm actually thirty-one, so you've been in it way longer than me. As my niece told me today, she said, "Mimi, but like you're old." And I was like, "What? Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, and no. you're a brat." Like. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Okay, you know. Oh, yeah. God. No, uh, 30's great because if you were a man and in the first century, you could officially speak in the public forum at 30. There you go. But you're a woman in the 21st century, so you still have no voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. That was a terrible joke. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> it had to be done. <laughs> I'm listening to this new podcast. You guys need to listen to it. I got Emily hooked on it. It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Ugh. And it's absolutely fascinating. I don't know that I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it all yet. 
I just, I feel like I'm just taking it in and trying to process everything. Yeah. But today I listened to episode five and it was all about like <laughs> women and like their roles in um, this church, uh, Mars Hill out of Seattle. And it was just fascinating. It was fascinating. So it's got you all sassy today. Well, sassy towards. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in like a like, you know, when you joke about something, but there's a little bit of truth to your joke, <laughs> but like, yes. don't read too much into it because it's really not that much. Like, but a little bit. I'm just. I'm one of those <laughs> where like, I don't feel called to preach. I don't feel called to pastor as a woman, mm-hmm. but I just really hate. The fact that I'm told I can't. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, fine, I will. <laughs> it's just like that streak in me that's like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not a preacher and I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not going to, I, I, I like to keep my open-handed issues close to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I'm conservative, so, like, if you know where that is, then good for you. If not, don't worry about it. But, um, I lean towards the conservative side, but I just, I don't like, I just, maybe it's that rebellious streak as part of our punishment from Eve. Yeah. Where it's, like, you just don't want a man being over you. Yeah. I'm all the time telling my husband, like, ah, I've got to buck the system. He's like, I am the system. So... <laughs> That conversation literally never happened, just for clarification. (laughs) We're in rare form because we've missed you guys. We haven't been here in a hot minute. I have hogged this entire 14 minutes. Oh, my god, Emily, do you have anything to say? No, I don't. I'm the introverted side. I'm just listening over here. Tell a funny story about your kids or something because I feel like these people are going to be like, I don't know this lunatic. She is out, out there. I, I literally have nothing. <laughs> Hot mess express here. We're just, you know. Oh, my god! Welcome to the circus. <laughs> These are our monkeys. Like. <laughs> oh, I've missed this, though, for real. I feel like every time I talk to Emily, I'm like, please don't stop being my friend. Like, please don't do that. And she's always like, what? And I'm like, I just, you know. I want to make sure we're cool. And she's like, what? And I'm like, okay, cool. So moving on. I'm like, <laughs> no, you're you're the peanut butter to my jelly. My that was total so opposite. Sweet. Cheesy. You know what? You're the olives to my Captain Crunch. The I'm just kidding. I was just trying to think of weird combos. It's like, you know, being pregnant or something. Uh-huh. Like you're the oh. pickle to my ice cream. Because I had I heard a pickles lot of and peppermint. Know. Was that your craving? That was one of mine with Judah. Together? Son. Yep. Like you right know, after each other. Not at the same time, but like pickle and then peppermint. Had to have both. It's so fascinating. I just saw a woman on social media bite the top off of one of those like big pickles. Uh-huh. Like the ones that come in a sack, you know? Yep. Yeah. That look like, like cucumbers. Bags. Uh-huh. Yeah. She bit the top of it and then she stuck a stick candy cane in it yes i did see this too and then and she it ate blew it my mind i want to try it now well she said it I'm... took off the it took off like the um extraness of the pickle maybe the sourness i don't know yeah, like the vinegar maybe i don't know i don't you know we'll i've never tried try it, it but 
Well, you can try it first. I'll try. I will try it. I don't Since usually get have- adventurous with taste, but I I did have that craving. But not like I didn't eat them at the same time. It was like I ate the pickle and then I had to have the peppermint right after. But now I'm curious to try them at the same time. Yeah, I feel like you already tiptoed into that pool. So we'll let you go ahead and dive on in and (laughs) and then I'll I'll sunbathe. And if I get splashed, then I'll know to try it. (laughs) That was my metaphor for pickle. I'm never trying that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. You know, like, I'm pretty adventurous on a lot of things, but food is not an area where I like to try stuff. You know what? I'm not either. I'm very much a comfort person, but pregnancy, for some reason, I ventured out and had to try things I would never normally try. We are eating healthier at this house, at my house, and I hate it because I love processed foods and bread. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I still eat bread. I'm not, like, I I don't, I don't believe in cutting everything out. Like, I'm not, not healthy. Cold, I'm not It'll a cold turkey last. kind of girl. Like, <laughs> I'll still sneak an Oreo. You know what I mean? Um, my husband's listening to this podcast laughing, like, yeah, right. Like, <laughs> one of us is eating healthy. The other is eating a sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> and I'll leave, uh. I'll leave that up to you to figure out which one is which. <laughs> I can't imagine. But I am trying to eat healthier because um, I travel for my new job and I, I want to have a good immune system, especially since I caught a summer cold and it's been a million years and I still <laughs> sniffle and cough. So can't be doing this all the time. All right. Are you we we have spent this whole time <laughs> just catching up and you guys got to listen in. I'm excited you're here. Emily, I know you're excited they're here. I am. Super excited. I I have no words. That's how excited I am. <laughs> that's that's introverted for woohoo! <laughs> I'll be the translator. Absolutely speechless. <laughs> Stick around and we'll uh, go ahead and start the Bible part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here, right? Oh boy. Hey, bold ones, and welcome to season three, episode nine of the Talk Bible to Me podcast. We're late and we explained it to you because of a few life events, but we're so glad to be back studying scripture with you. Glad you're here. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, and we're going to be working through Philippians 3 12 through 4 1. So that's going into chapters this time yes and if you're new here welcome we're so excited you found us you are returning if you are returning not you returners okay (laughs) it's been a long week guys if you're returning or if you're new welcome we're so glad you're here but we also have a patreon account which is how we fund episodes just like this one um, and you can visit that at patreon.com forward slash bowl movement. We have plans ranging from a dollar, five dollars a month to fifty dollars a month with tons of incentives for you and all your friends. Just kidding, they're just for you. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is an extension of the bold movement, and this is a women's ministry where we train women how to study their Bibles and then how to teach other women to study their Bibles. Yes, and here is how this podcast works. We're going to read some verses, 
We're gonna explain them. We're gonna use some extra biblical resources like commentaries, Bible dictionaries, um, dictionary of biblical imagery, um, interlinears. We probably won't use all of those today, <laughs> but there are all sorts of fun extras that you can use. And then we are going to explain it and break it down. We're, I saw your face, Emily. Were you like freaking out when I was like, I did not go that far this, this time, but and you that did. Is, we're just going to have to pray for her, ladies. <laughs> I'm just, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, today we are going to be reading through the English Standard Version, often refer- referred to as the ESV. So we're going to get started. Uh, we're going to start in verses 12 through 16. I'll go ahead and read them. If that's cool with you. Yeah, that's a bunch of verses. Let's do it. It is. Jumping in. It says, <laughs> Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What you got? All right. So um, verse 12 is kind of like continuing a thought from previous verses. And so I just want to back up a little bit so that way we can put this into context and better understand it because scripture without context is dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you had like some fancy word you were going to pull out there. I was trying to rack one up and it wasn't coming. So I just went with the good old fashioned dangerous. Yeah. And so if you guys will remember back um, beginning it, um, beginning in the beginning of verse three, um, this is talking a lot about not having confidence in your own flesh and what Mm -hmm. you're able to do. Um, Verse one literally says, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you. Again, it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, the evildoers, the mutilators of flesh. He's telling them to um, guard themselves against people who are basically Judaizers at this point. That's who he is talking about there. And those are people who are very works-based faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You can earn your salvation. You have to go through uh, circumcision. You have to do these Jewish laws to be saved. And he was like, watch out for that stuff because – you are saved through faith, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that alone. Um, and then he goes on, you know, if someone thinks that they have reasons to put on confidence in the flesh, they don't. Because I'm the biggest Jew of them all, and I couldn't earn my salvation. I was going to say I'm the biggest Jewy Jew, but then that was like, I heard that on the last episode we did. I said that, and I literally cringed when I was listening to it. I was like, Megan Brooke, stop that. So (laughs) I was just No Jewy Jews on this episode. It just felt weird. I don't know. Like, I shouldn't have said that. So sorry if that was offensive. I did not mean it. Um, I mean, I did mean it because that's what he was saying, but I just... I don't know. It was cringy. You ever just say stuff and it's not that it's false. It's just cringy. <laughs> and then he goes on for uh, talking about, you know, um, 
to live as Christ, to die as gain, all of that cool stuff. You know, if I stay alive on earth, um, it's a good thing because I get to represent Christ and I get to lead others to him. But if I die, awesome. I get to go to heaven and be in the presence of Jesus and not have to deal with this nonsense anymore. And the last verse of, uh, that we did last week, which was uh, 10 and 11, it just says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And that's where we pick up on verse 12. So are you ready to dive into this section, M? Absolutely. Okay. So he says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. I just want to kind of uh, go over what he means by perfect. Um, he's saying not that I have already obtained what? What is he What is he talking about here? His resurrection from the dead, his perfected body. Yes. And the perfection here is not perfect in the sense of like what we think of as perfect, like flawless. Mm-hmm. But perfect here, the Greek word is... Uh, which is hard because I always want to say to tell us day because that's what Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross, which is the same root word. Let's okay. get nerdy here. Oh my gosh. Pull together, Megan. Nobody cares. My husband says Greeks for Greeks. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> it is finished is what Christ said on the cross. Mm. And here it's the same word. Yep. It's, uh, it has reached the full maturity. It has been completed. It's perfect in the sense that it's done. So he's talking about um, reaching the, he's completed what he was supposed to do. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Perfect in the sense that it's done. Yep. Um, Yeah. So that's what I got. That's what you got. (laughs) For verse 12. I mean, we we can Um, go on and on, you know. Something that I wanted to talk about. Let me see, make sure that it's in verse 12. Yeah. So, in verse 12, what I wanted to focus on was the second half of it where he says, I press on to make it my own. Um, the the key word there, and I don't have the, the Greek word because I don't know Greek, but I do Well, then know you know the, what? What are you even doing? Why am I even here? If you don't speak a dead language, <laughs> what are you even doing? <laughs> I should just leave now. I mean, I don't know. but No, don't do that. <laughs> Greek, nobody even cares what the Greek means. Like, come on. I just nerd out and think it's cool. And then my husband's like, don't do that, Megan. No, and I, I'm like, I love the Greek as well. I could nerd out on it too. You. I just can't – I can't pronounce any of it. I'm not even going to try. But that word means pursue and it stresses an active commitment to the call of Christ. So he's saying, like, I have not already obtained this perfected, this finished body. I have not been resurrected from the dead. I'm still actively pursuing Christ, which I think is important to hear from someone like Paul, who we can have this tendency to see him as perfect because he was such a a father of the faith, you know? Um, But he is telling them, I'm pressing on. I'm still working on it. I have not reached this full potential yet, this full maturity. So even someone who we would think of as a fully mature believer did not see himself that way. Something else that's interesting, the perfect he's talking about here, I think he's, and this is just like one of those scholarly thoughts that I did not come up with, the scholars did, and I'm telling you guys about. (laughs) But um, they talk about the perfect, uh, he's kind of using the words that 
the the uh, teachers and the Jews and stuff were using, kind of using that against them because there was mm-hmm. this concept of like I no longer sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I've reached. I think people call it full sanctification. Some yeah. people will call it that. Yeah. Or um, I have perfection. I've you know completed my maturity in Christ and or I guess in God is what they would say. Um, and so Paul's using this kind of as like an argument against them. I haven't reached full perfection, mm-hmm. but I'm striving for that because Christ has made me his. Yeah. Yeah. I had actually a couple of <clears throat> cross references of something similar. There was heresy happening at, around this time of that, that very thing that there were people saying that either the resurrection had already happened. Jesus had already come back. I've already reached this full sinless potential uh, and you can see it, you, y'all can look it up yourselves later just so that we can save a little bit of time. But second Timothy two eighteen talks about a couple of guys that were spreading rumors that the resurrection had already happened. And first Corinthians fifteen twelve, there were Corinthians saying there was no resurrection. Like there never would be a resurrection. And then second Thessalonians two, two was uh, a warning not to be alarmed by any spirit spoken word or letter saying that Jesus had already come back. So he's basically saying, we're going to know when Jesus comes back. We're going to know when we reach this perfected state. Like it's, it's not going to be this subtle, Oh, you know, it, it happens over time. And then when Jesus comes back, it's fulfilled. It will be fulfilled before our eyes. But I think that's something when we're living in the United States, I don't think that we, like commonly believe that Jesus has already returned or that we have reached this, you know, resurrected body. But I do think that we tend to have this view of perfection and Mm. believing that, you know, we are perfect or that others are perfect. And so we'll see, you know, I think especially when we look at pastors and we just think, oh, they're perfect, you know, coming from a pastor's wife, it's easy to believe that maybe a pastor has reached some state of perfection that, other people can't reach, but we forget we are not perfect yet. None of us, not one of us. We all sin and fall short of God's glory until the day he returns. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say something off what you said and it just escaped me. Oh, when you're talking about resurrection, um, mm-hmm. we are not talking about Christ's resurrection. We're talking mm-hmm. about the oh, yeah. resurrection of the dead yeah. um, at the second coming. Yep. Just for clarification. That's good to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> the second resurrection, y'all, like the us being resurrected with him later. Yeah. Right. He's already he's already been resurrected. Jesus is alive and well. <laughs> That's right. Um, verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I think that is one of, I'm not going to say the, but one of the most powerful verses mm-hmm. um, in scripture, forgetting what lies behind and straining to what lies ahead. And I just mm-hmm. think, I mean... It doesn't really need an explanation. I just really wanted to highlight that. and It it makes me think of the C.S. Lewis quote where he says, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. Mm. I immediately thought of that quote when I read this verse just because it is so true. It is so true just as a basic piece of wisdom to not dwell 
on the past because I think as Christians, we either dwell in one of two things. Either we dwell in our past sins and we just sit in them and get sad about them, or we dwell in the glory days of our past of, oh, my faith was just so much stronger back then. But Paul's saying, don't even think about those things. Like, yes, they might have played a part in making you who you are today, and that's important. Like, it's God does call us to remember the ways that he has blessed us and and matured us. But the goal is to look forward, to strain toward what's ahead. And I actually had a, a, a quote from my expositor's Bible commentary I wanted to share about this. It says, forgetting his past, Paul's past, didn't mean obliterating the memories, but was a conscious refusal to let it absorb his attention and impede his progress. He never allowed his Jewish heritage nor his previous Christian attainments to obstruct his running of the race. As well as his present, no present attainment could lull him into thinking he already possessed all Christ desired for him. So I I just love that because it's that reminder that we get so caught up in the past, like sin, joy, good old days, struggles, achievements, and um, we need to just take them for what they were and move forward. Absolutely. Um, I think it's fascinating that we're talking about this. Um, the next line says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's using literature mm-hmm. that this culture can grab a hold onto and understand, mm-hmm. um, okay, we are, you know, we're pressing on, we're pursuing a goal for a yeah. prize. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, um, I'm a very goal oriented person. So working toward a goal that just really pops out at me. I'm like, yes, we're going to work for the goal, which is the upward call of God in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And the prize is Jesus. That's my prize. Um, But where was I going with that? I might have COVID. I've got (laughs) brain fog. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. gosh. Well, I have a a fun little thing to share about it if you want. I can share it while you're thinking on it. Um, Yeah. You said something, and I was like, i got to highlight this. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. There's – there's a little bit of a reference here to Olympic games, which oh, is yeah? kind of cool considering – didn't the Olympic Games – did we're they start the this of, week? Yeah, they just yeah, started, Yeah, we're right? in the middle of them. Um, so back to verse 13 when he talks about straining toward – let's see, straining toward what's ahead. That that phrase was an athletic metaphor uh, and back then would have been a pretty vivid picture for them of thinking of – a runner running his race with straining muscles and clear focus and complete dedication. And then in verse 14, it talks about, um, let's see, toward the goal. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. And goal literally means goal marker. So this would be something that a runner would use when would, when running. So when you're watching the Olympic Games and you see the racers, uh, they, they have a goal marker for their eye. They are mentally and physically focused on this thing that's ahead of them their goal and that's what gets them to to run with such dedication they have this one thing they're running towards and so and you stay the, focused on that yes you, you stay focused you, you, you do not take your focus off of it. exactly because yeah. if you get distracted then you end up probably losing the race and right. so the philippians would have understood this too probably in a similar way to how we can understand it right now watching the olympic games 
you picture these runners, it's it's not just physical dedication, it's mental dedication as well. And it's yeah. important to have both. So practically speaking, in our faith, in our run towards Jesus, yes, it is, it's mental. We're thinking about spiritual disciplines and staying on the course in our faith and being in the word, but it's also physical. And I think that could be like simple things such as waking up earlier to get in the word, to make sure your goal every day is Christ and serving other people to make sure that your goal is not yourself, but serving for the sake of Christ. Just those little things that I think you can see a little bit more clearly when you understand his meaning here, especially with it being uh, Olympic type a race you're trying you have a goal and with a race there's an end goal and there is an end to the race with a prize at the end and that prize for us is Jesus like you just said you know I uh I remembered what I was going to say and it goes along with that too kind of so um Paul is using things that are familiar to his audience Mm -hmm. for them to understand what being a Christian looks like and he does that because he is in the world, not of it. Yes. Yeah. But he doesn't shut the world out. He is not participating in worldly things, but he is seeing it for what it is and he is getting familiar with it so that there is common ground for mm-hmm. him to effectively communicate what being a Christian looks like, how to love God, how to strive for God. And I think oftentimes as Christians, we have a tendency to be very black and white when it comes to worldly things. Mm-hmm. We're not going to read certain books. We're not going to watch TV. We're going to only read our Bible, only hang out with Christians, <laughs> only listen to Christian music, whatever that is for, you know, your whatever. But <clears throat> I think it's dangerous to shut yourself in a Christian bubble mm-hmm. because you need to have common ground with non-believers. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm going to get pushed back and they're going to say, God can use anything. Yeah, he can. But, I mean, <laughs> he used a donkey. That doesn't mean he makes all the donkeys talk. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on. Um, Paul quotes philosophers that were popular in that time mm-hmm. to help bridge the gap between non-believers and believers and i'm not saying if you do that or if you don't do that you're never going to be able to witness to someone but i am saying it's going to make it a lot easier and you're going to seem a lot less weird Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely now i'm not you know if you have a conviction to only listen to christian music because secular music makes you stumble then hold tight to that conviction because Mm -hmm. it's conviction for a reason um but what i am saying is you know don't shut yourself out so much from the world that you don't understand pop culture at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Find a common ground at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Find something that you're not um, afraid to do. Um, Verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Um, So basically verse 15 is about turning 30. (laughs) Being mature and all that. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. Um, Hopefully you caught that reference to the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) They're talking about those who are mature in Christ. So the mature Christians, people who have um, already wrestled with this stuff and have, you know, started that process of sanctification. It's not full sanctification, but you're working towards that perfection he's talking about. 
um, let those who are mature think this way. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you think otherwise, then God will call you out. So don't worry. Yep. I think that's equally a warning as it is an encouragement because Uh it's like, look out. If make sure that you're not following the wrong things, especially if you're mature, you should be studying the word, making sure you're following the right gospel, but also an encouragement because it's like, even if you do end up stumbling on something and following something wrong, if you're a mature believer, God's going to call you out and he's going to protect you from things that are not biblical. So there's kind of a safety, there's a protection there. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here and uh, give you a message from our sponsors. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a message from our sponsors. We are able to continue podcast episodes like this because of our Patreon supporters, Jerry Lewis, Kelsey Graff, Soyan Barber, Julia Carter, Amy Mathis, Jill Walters, and Dave Hansel. If you like what you hear, would you consider becoming a partner of The Bold Movement? Our plans range from $5 a month to $50 a month with exciting incentives for growing Christian women. Just visit www.patreon.com forward slash The Bold Movement. Now, back to the show. Uh, are you ready to go on to verse 17 through 21? I sure am. Okay. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and the glory in their shame with mindsets on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Um, verse 17. Brothers, join in imitating me. Um, wow. <laughs> I think that is that is one of those things that, like, I wish I could say. <laughs> but I, I enjoy saying, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a quote here for verse 17 by um, Carson, D.A. Carson. He said, verse 17 is transitional. It applies to what precedes as well as to what follows. Clearly, it brings to a focus what precedes. In case we have not discerned that Paul has talked so much about his own attitude toward growth and maturity, precisely because he wants others to follow his pattern, he now makes the point explicitly, join with others in following my example. The others to whom Paul refers are probably those in other churches. Paul's point is that he is not laying some special responsibility on the Philippians. If they follow Paul, they are doing no more than Christians are doing in other churches he has planted. They are simply aligning themselves Hmm. with them. And since Paul cannot be everywhere at once, the Philippian believers are to take careful note of Christians and their own number who live according to the pattern that Paul gave them and let them be their guide. I thought that that. was really interesting. Yeah, because I think like it can be easy to read this at first and think that Paul must be really full of himself to be able to say, hey, follow me, like imitate me. But in reality, it's he's not just saying only follow me. I mean, he's setting an example for sure. But he's saying, right? I, you know, I feel like I've reached this 
point of maturity in my faith that you should imitate me. But also there are other people. If he was truly full of himself in writing this, he would not refer them to follow other people as well that were following this pattern. He would make it all about him and he's not doing that. He's clearly saying, I'm following Christ. So follow me as I follow Christ. But I do think this is kind of a, it should be a conviction for all of us when we read this to think, is my faith maturing enough where I can feel confident to tell somebody, hey, imitate me, do what I'm doing, and you'll be following a biblical example? Because <laughs> if you can't say that, then what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good, that's a really good point. Like, if we're going to strive towards something, let's run the race of following Christ enough to where we're not embarrassed for yep. our mentorees yeah. to act speak, mm-hmm. think, and do as we are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then he goes on, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. This is, you know, people who I thought were on our team, people who were on the same page mm-hmm. have um, turned their back on what Christ has done. And I love, I, I don't love it, but I do. I love that it's so humanized here. And I even tell you with tears. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the sh- only verse in all of the letters that Paul wrote where he records that he cried. Really? Yep. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So he must have truly been emotional about it to be able to say, I have tears about this. Which yeah. makes you ask, why? Why was he so emotional that he would even write that he has tears and you have to look at it and think, I mean, first of all, he's probably sad that he has to make these repeated warnings over and over again. Right. But then also that there were people that were enemies of the cross. He loved the cross and Jesus so dearly that anyone who was an enemy to that brought him to tears. Yeah. Do we feel yeah. that way? <laughs> um, The end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And that's... Mm-hmm. You know, there is so much said in scripture about gluttony and um, your stomach being your God. And I just think (laughs) it's funny because we have a problem here (laughs) in America with overeating. Mm -hmm. And I can say that because I am an overeater and it is a sin and I need to knock it off. Um, I eat for comfort. I eat for uh, out of boredom. I eat because I'm hungry. I eat because I am watching TV. I eat like I'm constantly eating something. There's mm-hmm. always something going into my mouth. Um, and it's very clear that we should not be doing that. Um, yeah. And they glory in their shame. Like they're, it's almost like they're proud of it um, yeah. with mindset on earthly things. Um And I love that it says our citizenship is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I hear that, like, you know, that's, that's not a new concept or something, a new phrase. Like that's, I've seen that on shirts and all sorts of that. But especially now with America being so polarized and everything Mm -hmm. happening in the world and just all the, you know, just everyone being so extreme on everything. It's just fascinating that we can say our citizenship is in heaven. Yep. I'm an American, but my citizenship is in heaven first. I'm mm-hmm. a patriot, but my citizenship is in heaven. Yep. And Christ is my God. He is it. Um, 
Yeah. yeah I, I love it. America. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. You but. can have a dual citizenship, you know? Yeah. You have your home, and then you have where you live temporarily. Yeah. So you My can, home is heaven. This is just temporary. <laughs> it's just temporary. I had a little note about that, too. The Philippians would have really understood this well um, because they were a Roman citizenship, and Philippi was an outpost colony. So yeah. Rome was home base, and this was this would be where Paul was writing this letter from, too. And then the Philippians would regularly await news from the capital to know how to conduct their day-to-day business. And so they, though they belonged to a city, a political entity spanned several geographical areas. So when he's writing this, then similarly, similarly, the church is an outpost of an entity which has its own capital, which is heaven. So we have the outpost. So Philippi was an outpost of Rome. And then in the same way, the church is an outpost of heaven. So you have your citizenship and you have where you belong and you have where you are temporarily, (laughs) you know, living your day-to-day life, awaiting news from the big guy. (laughs) Um, Can I go back to 318 real quick? Yeah. And 318, Paul just, and this is a quote from uh, Lynn Kohick. In 318, Paul describes their behavior with the verb live, which is Greek for walk a favorite of his in describing the Christian life. He also speaks of their mind set on earthly things in 319, using the verb to think or have an attitude, which he has used extensively in this letter to describe the believer's attitude and accompanying behaviors and practices. This suggests that these people claim to live the Christian life. Notice, too, that they are enemies of the cross, Mm -hmm. which suggests they take some position relative to the cross. They are not merely neutral outsiders. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. I think we have a lot of that today. Yeah. People that claim Christianity, but they don't want to actually live the Christian life. Yeah, Christian in name only. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. And they're talking about like his resurrected body. But he is talking about his glorious uh, resurrected body. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Um, do you have anything on that? Or are you ready for 4 1? Let's see. Um, just a little bit. Sure. I think it just kind of wraps it up really with talking about. I, I think the, you could sum up this whole section on where is your focus? Is your focus on earth or is your focus in heaven? And I think he's wrapping it up by talking about how our body, our physical body is destined for eternity. So don't focus on the physical things of our body that won't last beyond this life. So he would have been talking about specifically back then about things like circumcision, where they were trying to say circumcision is the most important thing. This is this physical thing they focused on when in in reality, he's, he's thinking about redemption and the change of our physical bodies that comes with Christ's return, but the spiritual transformation as well, um, that we're waiting for that glorious transformation. But if we're sitting here focused on earth and on earthly things that aren't going to matter when that day comes, then we're going to miss it. And (coughs) bless you. Thank you. Sorry. (laughs) You're good. Um, But it just, just to wrap it up, like, I think it's, where's your focus? What are you focusing on? And it should be in heaven. Absolutely. Um, 
Okay, 4-1. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crowns, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Um, he says, my brothers, whom I love, and then he calls them my beloved. So, like, this is just showing how sentimental and how um, special they are to Paul. And then he calls mm. them his joy and crown. <laughs> and I am waiting for the day for my husband to say that I'm his joy and crown. Mm. Um, <laughs> he's actually really, really good about stuff like that. So I can't say too much. He's he's very complimentary. He's a good, he's a good husband. Um, stand firm in the Lord. And I think that's... Uh, um, just one of those encouraging keep focused stay focused mm-hmm. like keep going yeah so. it was a it had a meaning of steadfastness which i looked up the definition of steadfast uh, and it's resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering which mm. is such a beautiful picture for that stand firm just be unwavering in the lord which is it can be hard to do <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like, I love the bluntness of Paul and even John because he talks about it in Revelation um, where he's like, you know, God spits out the lukewarm and, Mm -hmm. you know, don't waver. Quit being fence sitters. Be all in or, you know, I don't want to say don't be all in. I want to say be all in. (laughs) Just be all in. Just be all in. Or if you're not all in, you know, pray for boldness because that's what the disciples did Mm -hmm. when Christ died and um, resurrected. That's that was part of their prayer in Acts is, you know, make us bold like these people. um, These people want us out of here and they weren't praying for safety. They were praying for boldness. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want you guys to do that as well. I do that. I pray for boldness. Yeah. And I pray that you guys have boldness as well. Unwavering boldness. Unwavering, steadfast boldness. Yeah. I love it. The Bold Movement is a ministry that helps Christian women gain confidence in their biblical literacy, faith, and evangelism through customizable content strategically created to work with our community support to enhance and expand the kingdom of God. We'll be back next week, and we hope you join us. This is just a quick reminder that you can partner with us through our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the bold movement. Okay, ladies, until next time, go out and be bold.